You're listening to the weekly sermon of Huntersville Presbyterian Church. We're so glad that you're here and hope that through listening to God's word, you will come away refreshed and renewed for what life has to bring you this week. Here's this week's sermon. All right, so we started this year uh, with a series that we are learning how to ruin your life. Anybody want to ruin your life this year? Nobody ever raises their hand when I say that. But, you know, here's a series, How to Ruin Your Life, just in case you want to. Uh, So far, we've learned if you want to ruin your life, you need to live as if there is no God. You need to say whatever you want, whenever you want, to whoever you want. And you need to uh, you know, be really, really careless with, with your words. And, uh, and you need to choose foolish people to be your closest friends. And some of you are doing a great job on all three of those, and you're ruining your life. Some of you brought your foolish friends with you today, and we're just so glad that, that you did that. Uh, today we're going to look at a fourth way to ruin your life. Uh, and, and it's another great way, and it's really simple. And, and here's the, the fourth way to ruin your life. Never learn to control your emotions. Never learn to control your emotions. Now, every day, every single one of us is going to experience just a wide range of emotions. There will be moments when we are happy and when we are sad, when we are joyful and we are angry, when we're delighted and and we're disgusted, when we're afraid and when we're courageous. We all experience emotions. Some of us are more visible with our emotions than others, and uh, we'll come up with phrases like, you know, he wears his heart on his sleeve, and some people are, you know, kind of very emotional, but every single one of us experiences emotions, and, and that's a good thing. God actually designed emotions. They're a gift that God has given to us, but here's where we get in trouble We allow the emotions to control us. We let how we are feeling, the the emotion we're experiencing, direct our thoughts or direct our actions or direct our behavior. Our emotions begin to control us. And in God's design, our emotions are intended to inform us, not control us. Really, this is an important point. Put it up on the screen. Our emotions are intended to inform us and not control us. Every day you're going to experience emotions, but your emotions, whether you're frightened or or whether you're joyful or angry, it's intended to inform you, not to control you. Uh, A few years ago, I I was seeing a counselor, and uh, we were doing some work trying to help me get better at understanding my own emotions and and how to better manage them. And this was the big idea I took out of those sessions with him, that my emotions are intended to inform me and not to control me. And so whenever I experience an emotion, you know, whether it's anger or joy or, or sadness, whatever it might be, or boredom, frustration... I need to stop and I need to ask myself, what is this emotion trying to tell me? And if I don't, the tendency is is that the emotion will begin to control my actions. And and it almost always leads to ruin. I use an example. This is an emotion I deal with all the time. Uh, One one of the things I struggle with is, is with discouragement. I can get really easily discouraged. And the enemy, and I've told you this before, there is an enemy 
And that enemy wants nothing more than to kill and destroy and to steal from you the life that God has for you. And the enemy loves to use our emotions to do that. And so what the enemy will do with me, because he knows discouragement can get me off track, the enemy, I'll, I'll start to be feeling discouraged, and, and the enemy will just start whispering lies into my ear, saying, you know, you might as well give up. You, you, you might as well just kind of throw in the towel and just quit. And, and when I do, I'm allowing that emotion to control me and not inform me. And what I need to be doing instead is I need to be saying, okay, I'm discouraged. Why am I discouraged? You know, what, what's going on in my life? What do I need to hear? What do I need to learn from this? Here, here's the goal. We want our emotions. All of us are going to experience emotions. We want our emotions to inform us but not control us. And, and when you read through the Bible, the Bible is just packed with wisdom about emotions and about controlling our emotions. And a lot of the wisdom in the Bible is around the emotion of anger. Uh, and I think it's because anger can be so destructive in, in relationships. Anybody ever get angry? Okay, good. You're honest at least this morning. That's good. The um, uh, Bible says a lot about anger. One, one of my favorite passages about anger is, uh, is in this wisdom found in the book of Proverbs. I just love the image it gives. Uh, Proverbs 30, 33. Pressing down milk makes what? And pressing your nose makes what? Makes it bleed. And pressing anger will make trouble. Isn't that a great image? You press milk, you get butter. You press your nose, you kind of feel like somebody punching a nose. It's going to bleed. You, you press anger. It's just going to lead to trouble. Uh, you get to the New Testament, and, uh, and there's this one short little verse in a letter written to the, uh, the church in Ephesus, uh, Ephesians 4, verse 26. Uh, just six words, and it says this. It says, in your anger, do not sin. Listen, if you want to ruin your life this year, then get mad about something and spread it over everybody you can. Just let your anger run without control. I promise you, you will ruin your life pretty quickly. But if maybe you want 2024 to be your best year yet, then in your anger, do not sin. Learn to control your emotions don't let your emotions control you. If you want to ruin your life, then, then take discouragement and disappointment and disgust and frustration and boredom and, and all the different emotions you experience and let them control how you act and how you think and what you say and, and, and how you live your relationships with one another. Let your emotions control you. But if you want to live a better way, if you want to know a better life, then what you need to do is you need to learn how to control your emotions, whatever the emotions might be. So let me get real practical and show you a way to do that. And we're going to find some wisdom written by Jesus' little brother, James. And so grab a Bible if you would. If you didn't bring one, there's some on the racks right in front of you. James is in the New Testament, kind of toward the end of the New Testament, almost the very end of the Bible. Great little short letter that Jesus' brother, James, wrote to the church. Has a lot of wisdom for how to live life. A couple of weeks ago, Lisa showed us some wisdom, some practical wisdom from James about how to control our words. In chapter 1, in, in one verse in chapter 1, we find similar kind of practical wisdom for how to control our emotions. So if you've got it, fo follow along with me. I love it when you follow along with me. James 1 verse 19 goes like this. James says, my dear brothers and sisters, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. 
Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Now, I am convinced you can take that last word, angry, and you can replace it with any other emotion, and the principle that James is presenting here still applies. Be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become frustrated. Be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become bored. Be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become disgusted or delighted or disappointed or any other emotion you might want to fill in. Be quick to listen, be slow to speak, and slow to respond to the emotion that you're experiencing. So James lays it out so practically. But here, first thing you got to do, you have to be what? Quick to listen. Now, here's what I've discovered. Most of us are not very good listeners. Most of us are, well, half of us are very good listeners, and we're married to someone who's not a very good listener. And um, you can figure out in your own marriage which one is which. Uh, now, the truth is, most of us are just not good listeners. Uh, Becca Barrett, one of our members, Becca Barrett, she's an audiologist, and, and I love, she says this is the line that all audiologists use. They said, we can help you hear better, we can't help you listen better. And, uh, but because most of us, we're just not good at listening. We struggle to listen because here's what we do. And I know that I do this. I am so guilty of this. While you're talking, I am thinking about what I'm going to say in response. I, anybody else do that? Thank you, please. Um, we, 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 we have a tendency to do this. The psychologist Paul, uh, Paul Tournier uh, once wrote this. I just love it. He said, listen to the conversations between nations and couples. They are, for the most part, dialogues of the deaf. Dialogues of the deaf. Because everybody's talking, but nobody's listening. We're, we're not good at listening to one another. And we're not good at listening to what our emotions are trying to tell us, to what they're trying to inform us. And, and, and so we, we just don't pay attention. And our emotions begin to control us. So the, the first thing we have to do, we have to be quick to listen. Now, if you're going to be quick to listen, you have to decide, well, who am I going to listen to? And, and what I've discovered in my own life is that the voice I primarily need to be listening to is God's voice. And, and sometimes God will speak to me just with kind of a, that quiet nudging of the Holy Spirit when I'm, when I'm praying or meditating and, and just kind of sitting quietly. But most often where God speaks to me is through his word. It's, it's when I'm, I'm reading the Bible. Uh, let me give you some practical examples of, of, of what this looks like. The, um, say, say I'm feeling the emotion of discouragement. And again, that's one that I struggle with. And the enemy knows, gosh, I can use that emotion of discouragement. And, and I can get dug off track pretty, pretty quick. And, and so I, 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 hear, I hear that whisper of the enemy. And, and I start to feel discouragement. But then I stop and listen to God's voice. And I replace the lie of the enemy with God's truth, and, and I find a passage like, uh, hold on, i got to find it, <laughs> and I uh, got busy talking, I forgot my notes, find a passage like Proverbs 3, verse 3, and it says, stay focused, don't lose sight of mercy and truth, engrave them on a pendant, hang it around your neck, meditate on them so they are written on your heart. 
And, and God's truth encourages me not to give up and not to lose heart and to persevere and to keep on going and, 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 and so I don't become discouraged. Or, or say I'm, I'm dealing with the emotion of anger because I get angry sometimes and, and I'm feeling angry and the enemy wants to use that emotion of anger to create division and to damage relationships. But I stop and I listen and I replace the lie of the enemy with God's truth. And I go to a proverb like Proverbs 20, verse 3, and it tells me to honor is due those who refuse to fight at the drop of a hat. But every fool jumps at the opportunity to quarrel. And I take a deep breath and I calm down. And, and I refuse to let anger control me. Or, or, or say I'm afraid. And, and the enemy wants to use that fear to keep me from experiencing, to steal from me what God has for me. And I need to listen and replace the lie of the enemy with God's truth. And, and I find a proverb like Proverb 31, and it tells me to be strong and to live courageously, all you who set your hope in the Lord and I find this encouragement to trust God and to keep moving forward and to put my hope in him. I refuse to let my emotions control me. Instead, when I am quick to listen, I, I, I let my emotions inform me. And I, and I replace whatever lie the enemy may, may want to tell me about how to misuse that emotion or misunderstand it with what God says to be true. Now, to do that, um, I've got to take the second step. I've got to be quick to listen. I also have to be slow to speak, and these two are really connected together, quick to listen and, and to be slow to speak. I, I love the proverb. Lisa referenced this a couple of weeks ago. Proverbs 10, 19 is one of my favorite uh, pieces of wisdom. It says, the more you talk, the more likely you will be to cross the line and say the wrong thing. But it, Someone say amen because that's just true. But if you're wise, you'll speak less and with restraint. I mean, simply, uh, here's the deal. Too, too many of us talk too quickly and we say too much. And, and we just need to be quiet. Quick to listen and then slow to speak, slow to respond. And, and I'm convinced the key word here is slow. Take, take the emotion of, of anger. So when you become angry, there are things that make you angry, right? Yes, Yes? You with me? So you become angry. Here's what goes, here's what's happening in your body. You become angry and the amygdala part of your brain, that's the part of your brain that deals with emotions, it just starts going crazy because it wants to do something. And, and the first thing it does, it sends a rush of blood to, to your frontal lobe and, and that's located right above your left eye and that's why people get angry, their face gets all red and they seem like they're bulging because that, that's what the amygdala is doing, it's sending blood just rushing to your head and at the same time adrenaline, it sends signals so adrenaline starts just you know, surging through your body. There's always a physical reaction to our emotions. And, and it's not just anger. When you're, when you're embarrassed, you blush. When you're afraid, you shiver. When you get excited, your heart starts beating faster. It's always a physical reaction to our emotions. 
And, and with the emotion of anger, what a lot of research shows is that both the neurological and the physiological reaction occurs in about two seconds. We become angry really, really fast. And the truth is, all our other emotions happen just about as quickly. And this is why when you're a little kid, your parents thought if you get mad, count to how many? Count to 10. I was saying if your parents gave you a different number. Uh, mine told me to count to 10. Before you say anything, before you do anything, just take a breath, count to 10. Because slowing down it just gives your brain a chance to catch up, to balance out. And it prevents your emotion from controlling you. You have to be slow, quick to listen, but then slow to speak. Now, being slow to speak doesn't mean that you stuff the emotion, that you don't deal with it. And, and here's what happens uh, when it comes to emotions. A lot of people, not everybody, but a lot of people fall into one of two categories. You have people who are stuffers and then people who are spewers. And, and stuffers, uh, stuffers are, they feel very deeply when they are disappointed or they are hurt uh, or they are sad or they are angry. They feel that emotion very, very deeply. And, and what we stuffers do, and I say we because I tend to be a stuffer, what we stuffers do is we like to take especially those emotions that get negative labels like anger or sadness or disappointment, we like to stuff them deep down inside so nobody will know that we're mad. And, and nobody will know that we're sad. And no, nobody will know that we're frustrated. We, we stuff it deep down inside, kind of hoping the emotion will just go away down there. And it never does. It always just leaks out, and it usually leaks out in really unhealthy ways. Uh, spewers, on the other hand, and chances are you know some spewers. Uh, spewers, you always know exactly what they're feeling. When they're mad, they slam doors. When they're discouraged, they just mope around. When, um, when, I mean, you know exactly if, if, if a spewer is frustrated or sad or bored or whatever it might be. I mean, they are, you, you just know. They are quick to let you know. Spewers like to spray their emotions on everyone they can. And, and the problem for both stuffers and spewers is they're allowing the emotion to control their actions rather than to inform them. They're, they're not learning from the emotion. They're just being controlled by it. And they never deal with the emotion. And, and so it tends to be this cycle that repeats itself over and over again. Uh, Psalm 1919 says, a hot-tempered man will pay a penalty. If you bail him out, it won't be the last time. The cycle will repeat. When we let our emotions control us, the cycle, it, it just repeats over and over and over again. We, we never deal with the emotion in a healthy sort of way. So, so we have to be quick to listen. And, and we have to be slow to speak so that we can take control of our emotions and not let them control us so that they can begin to inform us. And James says, when you're quick to listen and when you're slow to speak, well, then you'll be slow to become angry. And you'll be slow to become discouraged and slow to become frustrated and slow to become bored or disgusted or whatever the emotion might be. And the emotion begins to inform you and then that might lead you to take actions, but now you're in control. 
You are in control. You're not being controlled by the emotion. Now, fully informed, you're able to to move forward, and God's able to use you and and the emotion that he gifted you. Again, emotions are a gift that God created. God's able to use you and that emotion for his purposes. Uh, Again, take anger, for example. Anger is not a bad thing. There are things in this world that ought to make you angry. If Martin Luther King and and other leaders hadn't been angry about racial injustice, the civil rights movement would have never progressed the way it did. Uh, Jesus got so angry at the way people were misusing his father's temple that he made a whip to drive them out. And he started overturning tables. There's nothing wrong with a little righteous anger. And there's nothing wrong with being sad. There's nothing wrong with being heartbroken. If if uh, Mallard Fuller Fuller hadn't become heartbroken over the the lack of affordable housing, Habitat for Humanity never would have been formed. Thousands of people wouldn't have homes today. I mean, when your heart breaks over something, God can use that to to, to move you in in incredible ways. Uh, Sometimes you're going to feel disappointed. Some of the most pivotal moments in my life have come after a failure or after a time where I was deeply disappointed, but, but because I listened and, and I let that emotion inform me, uh, it helped me to, to pick up again and, and to move forward, uh, sometimes in new ways. Being embarrassed, I mean, a lot of us have been prevented from doing a lot of foolish things because we didn't want to be embarrassed. Uh, emotions are a good thing. The, the, the secret is you, you can't let the mo- emotion control you. Our emotions are intended to inform us and not to control us. And so what we have to learn is how to be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to respond to whatever that emotion might be. So I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that right now. The, uh, the short little verse in Ephesians about being uh, not, not in your anger, not sinning. It, it actually didn't originate in Ephesians. Uh, Paul, who writes that letter to the Ephesians, he's quoting a verse that showed up in the Old Testament in Psalm 4. Uh, Psalm 4, and, and a lot of the Psalms were written by the greatest king that the people of Israel ever knew, a king by the name of David. Uh, David was, was a great, great king, but he was human just like the rest of us. And David experienced every emotion that you and I experience. But what David would do with his emotions is he would give them back to God. And and he often did that in the Psalms that he wrote. And and Psalm 4 is just a beautiful, beautiful example of that. And and so I'm going to use the words, David's words from Psalm 4, to give you an opportunity now to to give back to God whatever emotion might be tempted to control you right now. So do this for me, if you would. Uh, Everybody, uh, take a deep breath. Take a deep breath. Now, let it out and close your eyes. Just close your eyes. And take another deep breath. And whatever emotion that the enemy might want to use to get you off track, Whatever emotion is controlling you, not informing you, but but controlling your thoughts, your actions, 
your relationships with other people. Whatever that emotion might be, just give it back to God. He gave it to you. It's his gift to you. And as I read Psalm 4, take, take that emotion, put it in God's hands. Use David's words to help you do that. Psalm 4 begins, answer my prayers, O true God. Answer my prayers, the righteous who makes me right. I was hopelessly surrounded, and you rescued me. Once again, hear me. Hide me in your favor. Bring victory in defeat. Bring hope in hopelessness. How long will people steal my dignity? How long will they reduce my glory to shame? Why pine for the fruitless and dream a delusion? Understand this. The Lord treats as special those like him. The Lord will answer my prayers and save me. Think long, think hard. When you are angry, don't let it carry you into sin. When night comes, in calm, be silent. From this day forward, Offer to God the right sacrifice from a heart made right by God. Entrust yourself to the Lord. Crowds of disheartened people ask, who can show us what is good? Let your brilliant face shine upon us, O Lord, that we might know the undeniable answer. You have filled me with joy, happiness has risen in my heart. Great delight and unrivaled joy, even more than when bread abounds and wine flows freely. Tonight I will sleep securely on a bed of peace because I trust you, you alone, Lord, will keep me safe. Lord, thank you for the gift of emotions. Thank you for those times when we become angry and those moments of great joy. Thank you for the discouragement that we feel at times. And thank you for even those moments of, of despair that, that we can encounter. Thank you for emotions that you have given to us as a way to inform us as a way to, to help us better understand what's going on in our lives, but, but not to control us. Help us to bring our emotions back to you so that we might replace the enemy lo enemy's lies with the truth of your word. And that in doing so, we, we might be better positioned to take hold of this better life, this 
life that is truly life that you want for each and every one of us. Lord, over the course of this week, would you help us to be quick to listen and to listen to you? Would you help us to be slow to speak and slow to become angry or bored or frustrated? Help us to continue to put our trust and our hope in you. And tonight, tonight, when we lay down, may we lay down in peace, knowing that you, you are in control. Lord, help us to, this year uh, not to ruin our lives, but to make this just maybe the best year yet. And Lord Jesus, we believe that it's possible as we follow you in your way. And we pray all that. We do it in your holy name. Amen. Amen. Let's stand and we're going to sing one more song. Thanks for listening to this sermon from Huntersville Presbyterian Church. Here at HBC, we believe that life is better with Jesus because Jesus makes us better at life. If you're looking for a church to call home, we would love to share his life with you. To learn more about us, or if you'd like to give online, visit huntersvillepres.org.